Amen. Well, how's everybody doing today? Good? Enjoying the rain and the darkness of winter? It's upon us. We're here, but we have a glimmer of light this evening. As, yeah, it's just so cool to, 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 to join together and worship again and with you online uh, there as you watch in the morning. Thank you so much for joining with us. And yeah, I really do pray that God would speak tonight. I I feel like God has been speaking, hasn't he, over the last few weeks. Uh, just to recap, we had Debs, um, I think three weeks ago, just kick us off into a little bit of a series. It's not a hard series, just a series into what, what God is doing in the Spirit. And she was talking about sort of dwelling in the presence of God. Mike, two weeks ago, preached about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And West last week, what did he preach about? Well, he ended his preach like this. He said, a principle-based life is so much, bo- so much, huh, so much more boring than a spirit-led life. God has called you to be a Christ follower in the power of his spirit. And I just thought, such an amazing preach he he did last week. If you didn't catch it, go back after today and watch it again. But I love what God is doing in the spirit. I love that we can just dwell there. And it seems like we talk about the spirit a lot at Oceanside Church. And I think that's an amazingly good thing. We should do that because God has sent him to us to empower us for the kingdom, to, to comfort us, to bless us. Um, if you don't know about the Holy Spirit, if you're, if you're new to faith or you're new to Oceanside, um, really Jesus, who walked amongst us 2,000 years ago, said, I'm going to give you someone. Someone's going to come in place of me when I go back to heaven. And that is the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. It's not a Jedi force. It's not light and darkness. It's a person. It's a part of God himself part of the Trinity, and it's a gift given to us by Jesus. Just like my wife is a gift to me and our kids are a gift to me, they are gifts, but that doesn't make them objects there. It's a real relationship. And I just love that about the Spirit, that life in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit is this thing that's going to take for the rest of our lives to figure out and to grow in. We're never going to reach the peak of the mountain. We're never going to understand everything. We're never going to come to the climax of climax until we see God face to face in heaven. But for now, we can go deeper and deeper and deeper into his spirit. And who else believes with me here today that God is not holding back? Who believes with me here today that God does not want to hold back and limit his his gift of the spirit to us? No, I believe it's up for the taking. Again, it's not an it, sorry, whoops, already forgetting my my point from three seconds ago. But he is up for grabs. This relationship is up for grabs. So I love that we're here again. And I love how Wes ended his preach. I heard something um, else as I was just prepping this week and just spending time and, and reading commentaries. Someone said, or John Piper says this about Christian living in the Spirit. He said, Christian living is essentially supernatural living. And by supernatural, I mean that the powers are at work in Christian living are above that of the natural. And I want to start there this evening that, to encourage you that Christian living isn't just a, a, a moral set of ideas. Jesus wasn't just a good teacher that came 2,000 years ago and, and meant to bring man together in peace. No, it's not just good ideas. It's not just good teaching. It's supernatural in nature. And when you enter into relationship with God, when you're adopted into his family, when you say Jesus is Lord, you become a part of his spirit, enters into you, and you are now supernatural like God is supernatural. And we have to grasp that. 
We have to take that, especially as we live in such a secular society that doesn't see that. But we see that in his word. So I want us to look today, and we're going to be in Galatians 5. We're going to be looking at how do we walk in the spirit? If Wes is right that it's so much more boring not living a spirit-led life, then how do we walk in the spirit? How do we live that life? And what does Paul say in his letter to the Galatians? And I want to go from there. Does that sound good? So if you have your Bibles with you today, just open them up and turn to Galatians 5. If you're at home, please join with us again. We're going to be camping there this evening. Um, It says this, and I'll open it as well. How about that? Um, Perfect. So he says this, Galatians 5 from verse 16. We'll just read it through, and then we'll go point by point through. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, uh, fits of, don't look away from the page, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And finishing off in verse 25, he says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Lord God, I just pray that your spirit would be with us here today. Lord, I I pray that we would understand your scripture from the point of view of you, the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, you said you would teach us, you would guide us into all knowledge and wisdom through the Holy Spirit, that he would testify about you. So we just pray that for us today as we look at this. And I pray that it would just be an encouraging word that today that we would leave this place uh, free to walk in the Spirit and encouraged to, to enter deeper into relationship with you as we believe that you're waiting for us. Amen. I love, well, actually, I didn't, when I was prepping, I didn't love the way that this first walked the scripture was first laid out. I was like, I really want to talk about walking in the Spirit. And that's, you know, from verse 16. But he starts, starts talking about sin. I'm just like, oh, I don't really want to begin my preach talking about sin. But here we are. He says, from verse 16, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And I think that's a big part of growing up in Christianity. That's a big part of coming, coming to Christ. And a big part for me growing up was, how do I deal with the sin in my life? How do I deal with the desires in my life? How do I deal with that big list of things that I recognize that each of those things, each of those things is in me in some way, shape, or form? How do I do that? And, but he does this at the beginning to just let us know that there's basically two things in life. Just like we said earlier, that Christian living is supernatural living. When we become unto Christ, we know that there is a spirit within us, but there is also flesh. 
So if this is your first time reading this, the flesh that it's talking about here is the flesh of our human bodies, our human nature, and our human desires. And that's actually at war with the Spirit. But one thing I love about this is that we are set free from all of this. Who knows that truth here today? That actually we've been set free from all of this. In fact, later on it says, you've crucified the desires of the flesh. Um, You've crucified them. But how many of us know that it's not as easy as that, that we're still part of the flesh? Eternally, we've been saved, but now we have to walk. And that's what the Christian journey is. It's a walking out of it. We're not completely there. We're not perfect. If anyone puts up their hand today and says, no, I figured it out. I'm perfect. Well, congratulations. You're Jesus. No, you haven't figured it out. Sorry. And I, but there's this truth. And how do we wrestle this truth that we are free from sin? We are called to walk by the spirit. And how do we figure that out? As I was, as I was prepping this week, I just had this picture that I couldn't get away from. And it was a picture of this prison. And it was, it was in the middle of a desert. There was nothing else existed in this picture. It was just desert and desert for miles and miles and miles. And I felt like some of us feel that, yes, we've been set free from a prison, but as we were let out of the gates, we've walked outside and we've been like, oh, where do we go? Where's the place that I've been set free to? And some of us have actually turned around and without knowing what to do or without knowing how to walk or without knowing how to call out to, we've turned around to the prison. Because if you were set free from a prison and you were in the desert, what would you do? You'd go back and knock on the door of the prison and say, hey, can I come back in? Because I need somewhere to, you know, prison, will will you feed me? You get fed in prison. Prison, will you entertain me? Will you satisfy my desires, some of it? And will you give me somewhere to rest? But I love what Jesus says in John 14, 18, and he's speaking about the Spirit coming, and he says this in verse 18, and he's talking about him going and something else coming. The the disciples don't know what's going on at this point, but he says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And I love that. And what I want to say to, if that picture of being set free from prison, but then being stuck in the desert is making sense to you on some levels, I want to say that Jesus says, I will not leave you stranded. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And I believe for us today that that coming, that thing that's going to rescue us from that desert is the Holy Spirit. We have to start living supernaturally to walking it. When Christians find themselves in slavery to to sin, we're not actually slaves to it. We're volunteer slaves to it because we have been set free eternally. When I was a young man growing up, when when I let sin come back into my life habitually over long periods of time, I was volunteering myself. The truth was that I had been set free. Amen? Amen. But I was not living or walking by the Spirit. Earlier on, if you're still in Galatians 5, if you look back at verse 1, he begins this chapter for saying, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Church, it's possible for us. That warning is there because it's possible for us as Christians to submit to the yoke of slavery, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. It's possible for us to give ourselves back to the things, but we need to walk in the Spirit. 
The same writer of Galatians, the Apostle Paul, says this in Romans 8 about how we might do that, how we might walk away from that flesh, from our bodies, that things that cause us to sin still. He says, um, Romans 8 from verse 5, he says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And church, that's the whole battle here. It's our choice about what we're to set our mind to. And how do we know how big this barrier is in life in 2020 as our culture and everything else about us would try and distract us completely to everything but God? For us to be a church, to walk in the Spirit, we have to be so intentional about setting our mind on the Spirit. I know for myself, if I don't walk daily in that battle, guess where I am? I'm in the flesh. I'm in the world. We need to be intentional about this. It won't just happen with good intentions. It doesn't just happen by coming to church once a week or going to a connect group. It happens in a daily setting of the mind. And we have to look at this thing of of how the world is getting our attention. One person said this. He says, we're always too busy for the things that are not important to us. We always say that we're too busy to to read or too busy to spend time with God. But the, the reality is that we're always too busy for the things that aren't important to us. So as we respond after the service today, what I want to say is like, we, we want to say to God, God, put it on my heart. Put this thing. The only way to, to get more into the Spirit is by the Spirit. Don't be surprised if you can't figure out spiritual walking in your own flesh. How many times do we try and do that? We try and, you know, maybe, maybe you started out the year doing the 2020 challenge. You're like, okay, this time I'm actually going to read through the whole Bible because there's a big group doing it and it'll be great. Who didn't complete it all the way? I want to ask you to put up your hands. But we always do these things. We're trying to get into it. And later in Galatians, in, in chapter 6, verse 8, he says this, For one sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit eternal life. And I love that. If you're thinking here today, well, how do I set my mind on the Spirit? How do I start this process of going deeper with God and walking in the Spirit? Well, we need to do it by the Spirit. Yes, disciplines are good. Yes, setting your alarm early and not looking at your phone first thing when you get out of the bed to spend time with God. Yes, that's good. But ultimately, that has to be done in the Spirit or it won't work at all. It has to be by the Spirit. And I love that it says, to the, but to the one who sows to the Spirit. We're sowing to the Spirit. We're sowing in the Spirit. And the Spirit comes back and lifts us and guides us and we walk. So that's walking in the Spirit. The second thing that I was drawn my attention to was for in verse 18 in chapter 5. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. How amazing is that? Now, we don't really know what it means to grow up as Jewish under the law, under the whole law of the Old Testament. Maybe some of you, maybe there is someone out there who has, who has lived that. But for us, we are not under law. We are free from religion. We are free from law to come to God. And if you're in relationship and being led by the Spirit, He frees you from religious oppression. 
How easy, though, is it to come to church religiously? I know I do. I work for the church. I have to come here. That can be pretty religious at times sometimes. It's like, oh, I'm, I come to the meeting. It's not, it's not my choice. Although I do, I would choose to come, wouldn't I? I think. Yes. But how easy would it to be? My boss is sitting right there. I've got to be careful. No. How easy is it to come to church religiously, even during COVID? It's so easy just to think that this is the thing that I've got to do. How easy is it to do that? Coming to church religiously can't save you, can't heal you, can't lead you into spiritual things. It's the boring, dead, one-dimensional view of God. And we've all been there from time to time. I confess, we've all been there. And it's good to come to church when you're feeling dry, because we believe that we can drink here, because we believe that when we come together, we can lift one another up, and we believe that the God's outpouring of the Spirit is here. So if you are feeling dry, if you are feeling dead, so happy to have you keep coming. But you don't walk as a thirsty person along the side of a river without stooping down to have a drink. Maybe you're scared of getting wet. Maybe you're scared of getting your clothes messy or something like that. But if you're thirsty, what do you do? You drink. And tonight, for those people who have been thirsty for a long time, maybe you've been coming religiously because you know that, oh, here the waters are. Tonight, we want to pray for you that you would, that out of Jesus, as, as he's, Jesus says in John 7, 37, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, that's Jesus' heart, will flow rivers of living water. Church, Jesus is here today. The Spirit is here today. If we're dry, there are rivers of, of that for us. Amen? We need to come here spiritually alive. It's easy to see. I love being on the sound desk at the back because it's easy to see who has come to church spiritually alive and who is not. And maybe it's in the classic things like the raising hands. And I know it's not all that. You can be like this and you get, the Spirit can be with you. It's not all just the charismatic stuff. But it's easy to see who's been moved, who God is speaking to. You know, someone you see who just is in tears at the end of the service, who isn't normally in tears. I'm like, amen, God is speaking to that person and touching them. And God can do that, and he's here, and we want to be led by the Spirit, free from religion. In verse 22, he switches gears, and he says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there are no law. There is no law. And I love that walking with the Spirit bears fruit. Here we see that spending time with God, spending time with His Spirit, being present, being awake to what He is doing, it's impossible to spend time with God without His attributes rubbing off on you. Is that right? We all know as parents, well, my kids are pretty small, but <laughs> Shall I tell a story? My, I was putting my son to, to, to bed um, um, a few nights ago, and I, I, he still needs help getting un, un, undressed and putting his PJs on and stuff like this. And I take off his pants, and suddenly I see this silver goo meshed in with his brand new pants and his underwear. Someone's laughing. I feel like that's happened to you maybe or something. I was like, Zion, what has gone on here? He'd been at daycare earlier in the day, and he just said, oh, Alex showed me how to do it. I'm like, Alex put, you and Alex put silly, silly putty in your pants for the day. Is that what you've done? He was like, yes. 
So as parents, we get concerned about who our kids, and I was like, please don't do that. We, we like your new pants. They're in the freezer. Hopefully we can scrape the stuff off. But it's impossible to spend time with someone or to spend time, the people we spend time to, they rub off on us. We take that attributes. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. And an encouragement for us here today is that by spending time with the Holy Spirit, we get all of that stuff. Love, joy, peace, patience. The, the list goes on. West last week talked about COVID highlighting things. I remember at the beginning of COVID, I was getting really angry with my kids. I was getting so angry. Fits of rage, probably in the previous list. That was me at that time. And it was just so good to see how spending time with God can just turn that around completely. He rubs off on us. And the Holy Spirit is a relationship. It's a relationship we have to go into. When you first get with your, your partner, there's a first kiss, right? It's usually not the most amazing kiss. And some of us have spent time in the Holy Spirit. Some of us have spent time with God, and we've, we've had a spiritual experience with God. But we haven't gone further than it. And I just want to say, if your first spiritual experience with God was messy, if there was something awkward about it, you would never not go, you would never not go into relationship with your partner further because of that first awkward encounter or something like that. No, you, you, you pursue each other. You go into it. It doesn't matter if you clashed teeth, bumped heads, or forgot to breathe. You try and you figure it out. And it's the same with the Spirit. It might be an awkward start, but God has got a depth of relationship with us. And lastly, in verse 25, we see that if we live by the Spirit, he says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Sometimes God says no or wait. In the book of Acts in chapter 16, they're trying to go into these different areas. And actually, it says in that part that the Holy Spirit forbids them to preach in Asia. You're like, what are you talking about? And then he stops them from going into a city. I don't know if it was peace or how, how the Holy Spirit did that. But the Holy Spirit said no. They, had to, they were living by the Spirit, but they had to walk in step with the Spirit. Number two thing I think about that is that you can actually live in front of the Spirit. You know, you can live in the Spirit, but you can be out of step with the Spirit. How many times do we try and over-spiritualize things? Or we go too far down the spiritual realm where it's just like, oh, everything is spiritual. That person's sickness is definitely spiritual. No, we see and we can see in the Bible what Jesus says about healing and what he does through it. And that we have to bring it back to the Bible each and every time. And that's our test here at Oceanside. If something spiritual is happening, if someone's prophesying something, something's bringing a word, we, we, we look at it through the Bible's lenses and say, does this match up? We have to walk in step with the Spirit. And number three, the thing that stood out to me is there's a guy called Ken Grenfell. We have him here often. In fact, Mike was trying to bring him before COVID hit. We were planning for this November to have Ken Grenfell with us. If you know Ken, he's a, he's a super sweet, big teddy bear of a guy, but he's a massive prophetic voice as well. And I remember in a leader's meeting one time that he was talking about how the Holy Spirit speaks to him. And it was a perfect example of how he has to keep in step with the Spirit. It's easy to see one of those big prophetic voices to say that, oh, they just know everything. And they can just see it and call it out. But he was like, no, first God will highlight some, somebody to me. Secondly, I'll have to walk up to that person. And I won't know anything by that point. And thirdly, it's only when I get there and I start praying in obedience to that first step or those first two steps, does God actually slowly reveal the word for that person. 
And I'm just so humbled by the picture. Oh, wow, even Ken has to walk in step with the Spirit. He can't run ahead. He can, it's not just easily laid out for him. He has to walk in obedience and faithfulness to what the Holy Spirit is telling him. And church, we need to be in step with the Spirit. I believe that God is speaking. I believe that in the week, people have been put on your hearts for reasons. There's someone sitting here this evening who last year, he just, his name came on my mind. and I was like, I'm going to call this person. And it turned out to be a very significant call or a very significant touch base. And I believe that God is doing that. And so, so much of the time, we can be asleep to the voice of God, to what he's doing. I believe that God wants to speak. There's so many barriers that we have in our lives. There's Christian consumerism where we just come to church to get fed. But actually we see through the rest of the scripture, maybe we'll get to spiritual gifts and, and being filled with the spirit for ministry and stuff like that. Actually the spirit is totally geared to life in community. And we, when, we, when we miss out on community, we miss out on the spiritual gifts that come to us. So consumerism, Christian consumerism that just says, I want to be fed, stands against sometimes in the, um, from what the spirit wants to do. Our secular culture, it's so easy to forget what God is doing. We can be apathetic. Sometimes our theology is wrong. Sometimes, maybe you may be hearing this today and just say, oh, there's so many, I'm not sure about this. I just want to say we have another gift at Oceanside, not just the Holy Spirit, but Mark Manfredi, he's done amazing teachings on the Holy Spirit. And if you're skeptical, if you're unsure about this, if you've been taught something else to say, oh, I thought the Holy Spirit was just meant for them, not to today, listen to Mark. We've got all his videos online from the Oceanside School of the Bible on our website. And he is a man who grew up in the church that said, yeah, the Holy Spirit is not for today. But since then, he's encountered it, and he's lived it, and now he teaches it. What a better example to go to than something like that. Sometimes we're too busy. Again, we're always too busy for those things that aren't important to us, aren't we? It might be unbelief, it might be pride, or it might just be fear. What I want to say today as we, as we end to today's preach is just, I feel like God is hopefully saying to something to each of you. Maybe there's a part in here, maybe it's the thing that you've been, you feel like you've been left as an orphan. Maybe it's the thing that you've never heard God's voice or something like that. We want to pray with you. It's, it's weird, but we can do it. Um, we, we want to just respond in the spirit. Amen. So I'm just going to invite Mike up here, um, and perhaps the worship team can come back as well. And let's just reach out to God. Again, as we started the, the, the preach off, I believe that God doesn't want to hold back his spirit. I believe that this scripture is here so that we can actually take up the walking in the spirit. I believe that there is a spiritual life for the church in Anaimo that if we step into it, it's going to impact our city on an entirely different level. I believe that God has something for us here today. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andy. What an amazing passage of Scripture. And um, I encourage you to meditate it on this week, and, um, but also take a really good look at um, Romans chapter 8, which um, speaks of life, not in the Spirit, but life through the Spirit. And it's an amazing, amazing privilege that we have to have the Holy Spirit amongst us. And Jesus said in John 14, He would not leave us alone, but send the Comforter to 
be with us, to lead us and guide us. And I was just thinking of the word that Andy just gave uh, um, about the the last um, verse that Andy read there about keeping keeping in step with the Spirit. I think that's something that is something that we really need to meditate on. What does it mean to be keeping step with the Spirit? And, um, you know, um, I so often find that just so eager to do things, I run ahead of God and I do my own thing and I get exhausted and all of a sudden I just feel God, just calm down, just slow down, spend time with me and get in step with me again. And an uh, interesting thing um, in my life, um, in, um, when I was 18, I was conscripted to the military in South Africa for a couple of years. And you know, the first thing that they teach you in the military is how to march in step. It's an incredible thing to see a battalion, which is about a thousand people, um, soldiers marching in unison. And uh, it's an amazing thing. You see left, right, left, right, left, you're keeping in step. And you've seen them, Canadian soldiers do that. And it's an amazing thing. When you get out of step, all you have to do is go like, uh, go like this. And you go back in step just like that. And often you're trying to get in step by doing this and running. And it's just this, a little bit of an adjustment. So quickly that nobody can even see it on, uh, in the marching band. And I just sense that whole thing there of us spending time with the Holy Spirit. You know, it says those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And leading to be led means we're following somebody. And I just think for us in these times with all the stuff that's going on, we need to be reminded that God is with us. God is in us and God is working through us. And He's brought us here for such a time as this. He determines the exact times and place we should live so that through us men would reach out and possibly find Him. So this is a time for the church to rise up. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. And I know we, it's good that we are wise in the ways of the world too, and we protect ourselves and all of the things we, we know that we, we've been called to do. But this is the time for us to shine. And I just sense now in that message of, 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 of um, Andy's and how he even began it that I feel God does want to touch us. And I just feel a sense that there's a rain that God wants to just pour out upon us now. Just a refreshing. And you see, the only way we're going to run this race, and you'll hear me say this often because it's my life, is by fixing our eyes on Jesus. And in these times, God has a plan. God wants His church to arise. God wants a church that is in step with His agenda, in step with Him. And God has called us. It says in Romans 8 that the Spirit 
testifies that with our spirit that we are God's children. And if you're children, then we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Because of Christ and because of that, we are seated in Christ in heavenly realms. Now encourage us. The best way to, to fight a battle, a spiritual battle, is to fight it in the spirit and not in the flesh. When we take on the enemy in the flesh, we always lose. That's his playground. But we come in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He has no chance. And so if you're feeling weary today, if you're feeling exhausted, I feel God just wants you to refresh you. So if you can just posture yourself in a way and open your hands and just allow the Holy Spirit to, to begin to reign.